This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Coast Guard New Zealand is a charity powered by volunteers to keep Kiwis safe at sea. Cheryl Moffat is Coast Guard New Zealand Regional Manager for the Southern District, and she recently gave a talk at the Canterbury Workers' Education Association outlining what it takes to be a rescue vessel volunteer. Thank you so much for coming. Even though we're a small audience, um, hopefully you'll, you'll find what I've got to say interesting. might just start by giving you some background on me. Um, I've been working in the non-profit sector for a long time. I worked as a professional fundraiser and then I moved into organisational management. And I've been working for the Coast Guard for since 2008, so that's, I don't know, getting on to 15 years. So what I'd like to talk to you a little bit about today is just an overview of Coast Guard and talk about our volunteers and what they do. So they do get no pay, they sometimes have very long days, um, and probable danger, well we do do risk assessments, so we try to keep the danger to a minimum, and seasickness, yes, definitely seasickness likely. So who are we? Well we're New Zealand's frontline on water safety leaders. Um, we've got decades of, um, been doing this for an awful long time. Coast Guard actually started in Sumner. The very first Coast Guard unit was um, set up in Canterbury in Sumner back in the 1800s. Um, and it's grown and expanded from there. As you can see, we've, we've got Coast Guard units all around the coast and we actually have them on lakes as well, especially down in my region, which is the southern region, the Bitten Red. We've got units at Lake Brunner, um, down in the Mackenzie, based in Twizel, Monica, um, Queenstown and Clyde, as well as having, you know, Bluff and Riverton and all the, the other sort of things. We're, we work tw 24 hours um, a day and 365 days of the year. Um, one of my volunteers in Kaikoura told me one time about um, being in the supermarket and having to leave the trolley and going off. At, on Christmas Day this year, volunteers from North Canterbury had to leave Christmas lunch and go and, and rescue somebody who was in trouble going across the Waimakariri Bar. So we have just on 1,900 volunteers. Um, it varies a little bit. We have people coming and going. We have, um, we have some people who stay with us for 50 years and other people who only stay for a couple of years. It's a huge commitment to be a volunteer with Coast Guard. There's a lot of training involved. And um, so sometimes people join and then they find that they just can't make the level of commitment and they're not available when they need to be. Um, so we've got, as I said, we've got the 63 units and um, this last year um, we were gifted the name Taitiaku Moana, which means Guardians of Our Waters by um, the, one of the iwis up north and it's been adopted by all the, across the country. And what do we do? So we're kind of there on and off the water. We've got Boaties Best Mate, which is our, our app, which you can see the little picture of there. And so on your people, Boaties on their mobile phones can set up and download that for free. And they can put in a trip report there that says we're going um, from here out to Round Banks Peninsula, perhaps to a particular bay. We've got this many people on board. We're due back at this time. And they can load into the app um, a what we call a designated person ashore as a, as a mate who knows who gets an alert if they don't close off their trip and then they can make a decision, do they need to call us 
or do they give it a bit longer or do they try to call them on their mobile and say are you coming home and are you safe and things like that. You can also do a trip report by calling into Coast Guard Radio and talking to one of our radio operators but you know it, it, we find that the app's really good because so many people have mobile phones and are used to doing that nowadays and it means that we don't have to pay so many people and have so many people on duty to take trip reports. Um, our Northern Operations Centre does take hundreds of thousands of trips reports a year and especially over the summer it gets really busy so having the app on the phone makes a big difference for that. Um, we are funded, um, and I'll talk about our funded late, later, we are funded through public donation because we're a charity, but we do have a service level agreement with the government. But we also charge people for non-urgent assistance. Um, and we, but if you're a member of Coast Guard and you pay $115 a year, then we tow you for free. We go and pick up, do a pick-up tow. The government funding that we get is for the emergency work that we do. And so there's no charge in an emergency at all. That's free of charge. But if you just break down, then there is a small charge to go with that. Um, we do boating education. That's our on-water thing. We, we strongly believe that it's really important that people are well-educated and know what to do, how to, do a, um, how to navigate, especially if they're going along the coastline from port to port, or just operating in harbours to understand the rules of the road on the sea about buoys and beacons and, and which you know how to pass a ship whether it's port to starboard or starboard to port I can never remember which is which but I do know that they say there's no more port left in the bottle so that means port is the left side so one thing that helps me remember that other than going alpha left and, with and, my red. Hand. and red oh yes that's right um, port is left starboard is right yep yep and I've, I've got to think the port in the bottle thing there's an international treaty called SOLAS, um, which means that all ships must go to an SOS or a Mayday um, or a Pan Pan. You know, they, they've got to go and help. Um, where, no matter where they are, they must answer the call. They don't get charged if it's an emergency. But, but if it's a non-urgent assistance, if it's just a breakdown because they've run out of petrol or their motor's broken down and they're not in any difficulty, you know, if they're safely anchored, then that's fine. You know, that, that's classed as a non-emergency. So the police or the Rescue Coordination Centre of New Zealand, which is based in Wellington, they task us to go and do that and then we charge them and they reimburse us. But at the moment we're only charging them $280 an hour um, for the use of our rescue boats, but we worked out the other day the medium-sized rescue boat would cost us at least $700 an hour, and that doesn't include any crew training to just to operate the boat. We're paid by incident for that $280 an hour through the police or the Rescue Coordination Centre, but we have a what we call a service level agreement with the Ministry of Transport. So there's an organisation called um, the New Zealand Search and Rescue Council, or NZ, NZSAR, Search and Rescue, and they have a secretariat based in Wellington led by a lovely guy called Duncan Ferner and that, that team there works with all the search and rescue agencies across New Zealand and coordinates stuff and, and, um, and has these service level agreements with them that, and basically that the, the signatories to the service level agreement are Maritime New Zealand, the police, the government and Coast Guard to our agreement and they have one with... Um, 
surf lifesaving as well, and, and, uh, and Landsar, who does the search and rescue on land work, um, and the uh, AREC, which is the Amateur Radio Something or Other Association. So there's a whole lot of groups. And um, so that provides funding to help pay for our training. It makes a contribution to the repairs and maintenance on the vessels. It makes a contribution to... Um, um, the staffing costs for Coast Guard New Zealand. We have about 60 staff nationwide. Um, in the southern region, we have a small team of four people and we have a fifth member who's part of our national training team who also works out of my office. And so I, there's myself as the regional manager. We have two unit support managers. Um, one is based in Christchurch and one is based in Wanaka because we have, so in the southern region, we have Kaikoura, um, Lake Brunner, West Coast based in Greymouth. We have um, North Canterbury at Kaiapoi, Sumner, which is based at Sumner, Little Canterbury, which is based in Littleton, South Canterbury. And that's all one group. And so Rob, who works in the office with me, looks after those units, with their help, helps with their health and safety stuff and their training and all the other things that go into um, running a Coast Guard unit. And then Chris is based in Wanaka, and he looks after Wanaka, Queenstown, Clyde, Dunedin, Mackenzie Lakes, Bluff and Riverton. So they each have seven groups that they look after. And then we have a further staff member who's um, the unit support coordinator and her role is to help with the volunteer recruitment process. All our volunteers go through police vetting to make sure that we've got nobody who's got um, convictions that would get in the way of them help working with police. And um, also helps a lot with the volunteer training organising training and stuff like that. Um, so we've got these 63 units and they're all trained um, in life-saving rescue and we can, or you can be a radio operator on, on land or you can be part of an incident management team on land working with the police and the rescue coordination centre. So there's a team on land who are, and a big re most rescues are just, we know where somebody is, we get a call, we go out, we, we, we find them, we bring them back. But sometimes we get a call and somebody, you know, we don't know where they are. It might be a person in the water, which is the most dangerous thing and the hardest thing to find. And so we might know a splash point where that, which is the last known location where that, or where that person, they think they were seen or whatever. So we have to go out and we have to start conducting a search pattern. So those searches are generally a lot longer um, and they usually set up an incident management team with the police and um, so the, the crews on the boat will be doing executing a search pattern. They'll be saying, okay, so where, this is where the person was known to be and this is where the drift is going with the current and the wind and all those factors have to be taken into account. And so you start doing a search pattern. So you might start sort of here. But, and you won't go round me like this and just keep on going bigger circles. Because the drift's going that way, the search pattern will go that way, and then it'll go that way, and then it'll go that way. So that, so that we're going, we're, we're always going with the direction that we believe the person, the boat, the body will have been drifting, rather than searching over here. And we have a, um, a satellite link to each boat, a tracker, and we, that downloads to a program, and we so we can watch the boats tracking, and it'll it'll show you where they've been, so you can see the track on the screen, where the, the area that they've searched, so that we can look at that with police and say, okay, well we've searched all that area, let's go back regroup, and that's what the incident management team on the land does. They they think the boat people are executing the search, 
the people on the land are thinking, okay, so if we don't find them there, how long has the crew been out? Do we need to send some more crew out? Do we need to get a helicopter involved? Um, do we need to have a shoreline search team and call in Landsar or surf to do a surf search? Um, so that's what the incident management team does. And we have a usually try and have a trained Coast Guard volunteer as part of that team so that they're inputting into that with our knowledge and they're feeding back to our crews the next tasking that they might have to search. OK, we've searched this area. We're going to move the search area over to this part of wherever and keep looking for them. And sometimes a multi-day search might be you go out and you search for somebody. Um, they did that on the... Um, Clyde Clutha River recently um, in November last year there was a chap went into the river and went missing they went out they searched they couldn't find him so then it becomes a, probably a body recovery search and that may take multiple days um, to find find a body if, if we don't find a person straight off so the other one of the other programs we've got is a program called Old for New and that's a life um, um, jacket upgrade program. So we have a couple of vans that they didn't go out um, end of last year because, just because of COVID, but they'll be going out this year again. And we go to all the, you know, hundreds of communities around the countryside. We have a day where we turn up there and our volunteers turn up and help. And people can bring in their old life jackets and purchase a new discounted life jacket. So Maritime New Zealand and Hutch Wilco are partners in that. So we take away all the old life jackets and we th all the ones that are unusable we throw out. But the ones that still have some useful life in them and, and are safe, we've been sending them to Tonga. Um, and this year we're probably going to give them to some of the, the iwi as well around New Zealand. So... Um, Becoming a volunteer is about becoming, you know, something bigger. So that, like I've said, there's a number of roles that you can do. You can be rescue vessel crew. They don't have to have experience to do that. You don't have to be a trained boatie or have a commercial qualification. We train. We provide all the training to a professional standard. You can be a radio operator or the shore crew. And we also have people in governance role in our national or our unit boards. Each of our units is a separate incorporated society and has their own governance structure. Our training for our rescue crews um, this recruit and then they become a deckhand and then they do qualified crew. So we have a, they have to learn theory and then they have to go out and learn practical stuff. And the theory stuff is now just on all online, so it's on a program online that you log into and you go through. So this is what the learning management system looks like for a volunteer. This is me logging in here. And you can see this deckhand training, qualified crew training and recruit training. And you click on that, this side here, and then you see something like this, which is keeping a good lookout. So there's, um, you can go through and understand all the theory, and then there's little tests throughout it that test your knowledge base. And then you will go out on a boat and put that stuff into practice and we train our masters and our trainers in assessment, so they assess people. And when you've passed an assessment, you can move through. So you can see at each level there's an assessment, there's a qualified crew assessment, a senior crew, and then the master assessment. To be a master is quite different, though, on a rescue vessel because you need to, we've got licence to lead. So that's around leadership training because you're not driving the boat as a master 
like a lot of um, captains on fishing boats and other, they, they're, the, they're the helmsmen, they're driving the boat. On our boats, our masters are, are managing the search, managing the crew, to, um, taking information from the shore, making decisions about what they need to do next, feeding information back, um, and somebody else is helming and somebody else is navigating. Um, and we do leadership courses and um, they also have to understand all the maritime rules because Coast Guard boats are treated as commercial vessels by Maritime New Zealand so they have to have a separate, you know you've all heard of health and safety on shore. Well health and safety on the sea is called MOS, Maritime Operator Safety System. And so we have to have regular checks of our boats to make sure that all the safety systems are working properly, that, they, that the flares, they have flares, that the fire extinguishers are working, that they've got the life jackets are all checked annually to make sure that we use the kind of life jackets where you pull the cord and the little gas cylinder inflates it. Um, so they have to be checked annually. And just all the, the other systems on the rescue vessels have to be checked. And so that's called MOS and it's all part of the maritime um, operator safety program. So that's kind of like our training systems. The other important thing is having the right tools and equipment. So you remember the America's Cup that happened? Well as part of the America's Cup Lotto funded 26 boats and um, those boats were used by the um, Team New Zealand um, and the other teams as sort of um, safety boats and, and doing other sort of things on the water and when that finished but they were owned by Coast Guard New Zealand and then when that finished we've spent the last 12 months refitting the boats and sending them out to new places so the one on the left here has gone to Dunedin that's it um, the, they we took it by it's a 12 meter boat it's a much bigger boat than they had down there um, they used to have an eight and a half metre boat and now they've got a 12 metre boat so it gives them a much bigger platform to operate from and much safer in that area. Um, and they went, that boat was trucked down to Wellington and then a crew of volunteers from Dunedin went up to Wellington, got on the boat and went down to Kaikoura and spent the night and then they came to Christchurch and spent the night and then they went to Timaru, spent a couple of nights there and then they sailed on further down to Dunedin. Yep, it was 9.8 million for the boats. And then we spent another million probably re, um, refurbing them and making them into rescue boats because they weren't, they, you know, they weren't, what they needed for the America's Cup was less than what we needed for our risk as a rescue boat. We had to put in the electronic equipment, the radar, the GPS tracking and all the tracking stuff. They had to hand the boats back in, the, in, in good condition so they had to fix up any dings and, and other things. But it was part of New Zealand's contribution to getting the America's Cup here. But it meant that um, New Zealand, all the communities in New Zealand, a whole lot of communities across New Zealand. So we've got boats that went to Dunedin. That one's going to Lake, that's the Lake Brunner guys with their boat. And they got a new truck as well out of it. So, um, and they had a horrible old boat that um, was built in the 1980s. And you know, it was really old, and it's a small community, and they could never have afforded to have a beautiful new rescue vessel and truck like that because they've got to tow their boat around a number of lakes. They don't just operate in Lake Brunner, they, they go into some of the other lakes, and they also sometimes go out to sea and help the West Coast unit as well. 
So we've got a boat going to Timaru, we've got one going to Mackenzie down to Twizel, one to going to Wanaka, there's one in Queenstown already, the one in Dunedin. So in the South Island we've done quite well out of this, thank you very much. And I'm, you know, I'm so pleased for all these small communities because they wouldn't have never got an amazing, you know, brand new um, um, boat like this without the, this happening. So it's been great for us. We get um, we get a big, huge, big grant of well over a million. Well, I think it's one point two or one point three million dollars from Lotto every year. Um, we have to apply for it every year, but you know we do get that, and that helps pay for a whole lot of stuff. So the other thing is, this is our Coast Guard Queenstown building, a new building that's been there. They were operating from the back of the Scout unit. So in the, they had a wee cupboard in the back of the Scout building, which is next door to this, and they've been operating out of there since they, they started in 2006. And so here's some of the volunteers there, and um, we were able to open their new base in February last year, and um, we got great support from local trusts and rotary clusters and um, it's provided a really great um, community facility as well as somewhere for our troops to operate from in Queenstown. In Queenstown we have sponsorship from the airport company because um, um, part of an aircraft down plan is, is that it may have to go into the lake because there's not a lot of flat land there so it's useful to have we, a Coast Guard unit there for the airport. Um, so what does it cost to run Coast Guard and to be here? Um, so this is what Coast Guard... So Coast Guard New Zealand's the umbrella organisation and then there's um, the 31 units around and they're all separate incorporated societies. They do local fundraising, but we give them a lot of funding support. Um, so, we, you know, over $600,000 a year, you can see, um, and our search and rescue training, that's training our volunteers, as I've talked about before, using the learning management system and doing a whole lot of other courses, um, teaching them how to use a VHF course and things like that, paying for the fuel for the boats for when they're out training on the water. Um, Yep, this is, all, this is all the money that goes from Coast Guard New Zealand. So we get money in from Lotto, we get money in from the government into Coast Guard New Zealand, and then we, we, we pass that on to the units based on their needs. So we, we calculate that based on what they actually spend, but also on the size of the rescue vessel they've got, the number of volunteers they've got, how, and, and you know looking at their annual budgets and things like that. We've got about 60 staff nationwide managing to nearly 2,000 volunteers. So we're actually quite small. When you compare us to the RNLI in the UK, um, we're very small. Um, yeah, so I, I'm not sure what the total staff cost is. Um, yeah, so we, we help units with repairs and maintenance and um, we've, been, we've got some extra funding from government and we've bought a lot more um, personal protective equipment, you know, that's that's like um, um, proper boots. Um, I've even bought some warm socks for some of the volunteers further down south because they were complaining that they had really cold feet in the winter. So I've just said the other day to my team, um, just find out how many socks they need and buy that and we'll pay for it. Um, and um, the 1.6 million is... Um, 
that's on asset support to the units. So we get $2 million a year from, co from the government towards capital purchases for boats, and we spend a hell of a lot more than that. For example, the boat in Bluff, which was one of the ones on the earlier video, um, that cost one, in, 90, in, no, in 2006, 14 or 16, I can't remember. When we, when we built that and launched it, it cost us $1.2 million. The new boat out at um, North Canterbury cost half a million dollars to build. That's an eight and a half metre boat. The one in um, Bluff is 12 metres. Um, so it, you know, it costs anywhere but from half, half a million to $1.5 million to buy a new Coast Guard boat. We try to make them last 15 to 20 years, but we do a midlife refit. We have to replace outboard engines at around 50k each for the big outboards that go on some of these boats. Most of them have, well, they all pretty much have two outboards and they have to be replaced every three years or 2,000 hours because we need to make sure that our boats are operating well and safely um, and we can't afford for them to break down. So we tend to replace things more often. And this is where our money comes from. So we have team rescue supporters, and that's people who make a monthly donation to us by automatic payment. We have Coast Guardians who are people who have made a um, provision in their will and leave us a legacy. We have, we have run a big lottery um, every year, and we have a lot of people who purchase tickets um, for the lottery, and we, they, we raffle off boats and cars to tow them, and there was overseas travel in it, but we haven't had much overseas travel recently, so that they've kind of taken that out. We have some Coast Guard membership, which I talked about before. We have a, we over, earn over a million dollars a year from Coast Guard memberships, um, and we have sponsors. Century Batteries have been a sponsor for many years, and they give us free big free batteries for our boats. Hutch Wilco, Gorilla, and we also apply to all the gaming trusts like Pub Charity and Lion Foundation. Philanthropic trusts um, and and um, regional councils and community trusts like the Rata Foundation locally, Foundation North in Auckland, um, and the we also get funding from um, the Auckland Regional Council. There's a Auckland Regional Amenities Fund which was passed by Act of Parliament, and that funds um, Coast Guard and the um, quite a few other community facilities and organisations. Um, and that money has to be spent up there. It doesn't come down here. Some trusts like Rata Foundation, which is the old Canterbury Community Trust, it funds operating costs. So they're happy to, for us to show them our budgets and, and our, you know, what we've spent in the last few years. They fund the units in their area. So they fund Kaikoura, Can North Canterbury, Sumner and Canterbury. So there's four units and we show them their budgets and we ask them for a contribution. And last year we got $40,000 spread across the three units from them. Um, some trusts uh, prefer to buy capital stuff. So for example, the boat that's based in Littleton was funded by Pub Charity. It's actually called Pub Charity Canterbury Rescue. And we got, uh, um, that was in 2009. And I think we got $150,000. We did three funding applications for $50,000 over a number of months because they, their money comes from gaming machines. So they have to sort of give it out. Um, so they prefer to buy, to pay for, for stuff. The Central Lakes Trust, as I said, um, they made a big contribution to the Queenstown building. They've made another contribution to the building that's being built in Wanaka at the moment for, to house the rescue vessel and provide crew 
facilities and we're also about to um, build a new boat to go onto Clyde that operates on Lake Dunstan down the Clutha River um, and with the cycle track along Lake Dunstan and around there, the beautiful new cycle track, already there's quite a few people um, having accidents on the track and needing to be evacuated. Sometimes they do it by helicopter and then sometimes they need us to go in and take them in. And, and we also rely on you and your neighbour. So basically, the, the, you know, members of the public donate to us on a regular basis and help us out like most other charities. Um, so this is just a job that happened the other the weeks and it was off the coast here, so I thought I'd tell you about it. About five o'clock in the afternoon, the phone goes and Rachel's got the duty phone and she gets a call from the Rescue Coordination Centre that says that somebody has broken gone out off the coast of Christchurch out there there's a big fishing there's a ridge that's a great fishing spot apparently it's about 28 nautical miles off the coast which is a long way out so this um, I think it was about a 5.8 meter boat was out there broken down they needed some help so um, the volunteers jumped in their cars went over there so Rachel and Patty and um, oh, what's the other girl's name um, Kirsty went out, um, left at about quarter to six, located the boat about quarter past seven, and then took it on to under tow. So it doesn't take too long to get out there, but it takes a long time to come back when you're towing a boat because you just can't go so fast. Fortunately, it was a really nice evening, um, and so they just began the long, slow tow and got home at half past, got back to port at half past 11. Then they had to... Um, get the other boat onto a berth then they, and they had to get our boat out of the water and wash it down and get it ready to go out again so they wouldn't have probably got home till one o'clock in the morning and get up and go back to work the next day. Naval Point's in Littleton. So you know where the tank farm is? You've got Littleton proper in the harbour and then on the, on the if you come over from Christchurch on the right hand side when you come out the tunnel on the right hand side you can go round and you can see um, past the, the dry dock, there's the big tanks, so in behind that is Naval Point area. There's the boat clubs there and the Coast Guard buildings there. We actually need to build a new building over there at the moment. Um, from the earthquakes, our building was badly damaged, and then when, and we've been talking to the council for, it takes a long time with the city council, of course, because we needed their consent to rebuild on the, because they own that bit of reclaimed land there. Um, and they had to do a lot of consul, public consultation about it. So we've sort of got to the space now where, where we have to raise the money to build a bit new building there. So that's going to cost us probably between two, around about $2 million to do that, which is a lot of money to raise. So we're just working on that at the moment. We've got about um, one point one, just over $1 million from the... Remember the Christchurch Earthquake Appeal Trust? that was set up. So they, we asked them and they gave us some money originally, about 400000 and then they had extra money that wasn't able to go to other projects and it had been earning interest. So they've now bumped that up to just over a million dollars. So we just have to find the balance of that to build the building that we want to do. So the volunteers are working on that at the moment. That's a picture of the other boat on to Towing's actually really dangerous because you've got to keep the boat, especially if it's... Um, Rachel was talking about <coughs> towing back a yacht one time that had the rudder had got stuck and so they were towing it at a 45 degree angle because the, the, the boat, the yacht kept going off that way and they're towing it that way. And um, so they had, you know, they have to keep a really close eye on it and they always have a knife ready to cut the tow rope just in case it doesn't work out. Um, 
usually we try and take the people off the other boats depending on the weather. There was um, a yacht off Kaikoura oh, quite a few years ago now. Um, they won it, the crew who did that, it was a really stormy night <clears throat> and they had to go out there and transfer the people from one yacht to the other. And some poor lady had been thrown about in the boat and ended up with a fish hook in her bum and her buttocks. And so she had to climb from one boat to the other onto the rescue boat because we left there. We couldn't take that boat under tow. It was too dangerous. So we had to get them off onto our boat. And poor thing, she must have been rather painful <laughs> to do that. I do, did feel sorry for her. Um, and they... There's quite a few people go diving off Motta now, so we've had a few calls up there to to find people who've got into trouble. There was a diver off Banks, off the Yakaroa Heads around there for a, few, a, a year or so ago that was called out. Most of the calls, though, especially in Littleton, um, are just broken down boats. So the Canterbury Coast Guard is really busy with you know a lot of broken down boats. The Hauraki Gulf up in Auckland, the big harbours up there, Waitemata. Um, they're quite, you know, they get a lot of non-urgent work, just broken down boats and stuff like that. The places like um, Greymouth, for example, um, they get a lot of medivacs off the ships, the fishing ships, with people that have got sick or got injured, and they, they go out and, and take them off and bring them back in. Um, the Mulberry unit is the boat that they've got up there has been built as an ambulance as well as a rescue boat. So the St John crew are trained and come out because there's not a lot of roads out to around the sounds, Marlborough Sound, um, and so they they do a, an awful lot of work f um, in, in, as an ambulance in that one. And then you've got like Bluff and Riverton. They don't get a lot of work, but when they do, it's often really bad. There was... Um, a fishing boat that went down the Easy, um, easy Rider a few years ago, and they all but one, they only found one person. Um, and um, there was a Cessna plane that went down a long time ago, before my time, that went down, and the Riverton crew found that one, those people. Yeah, so sometimes, you know, in the, in the bigger population areas, you get a lot more work, but it's generally um, in the safer harbours, it's not so necessarily so serious but also the river bars are very dangerous like Raglan, um, the Tyree mouth, the, 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 even the Waimakariri mouth. Um, there was a chap fishing there once, he had a life jacket but he'd left it in the car and he was fishing and he just decided to, to um, go home and to finish fishing and he'd reeled the reeled in and then he kind of stepped and, and there was a bit of a hole and he fell in and got washed out. And fortunately, some pe he didn't have his life jacket on. I think he always wears it now. Um, and um, some people saw him and called them, and they, they did manage to find him. Because um, they, they went out the mouth, and generally the, 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 the um, current takes them to the left. And so they looked along the left, and they couldn't see anybody. Because just seeing ahead, you've just got your head above water. And that's so hard to see in a, in a wavy sea, you know, with the waves and everything like that. But they thought they'd go a little bit further and they actually saw him and he was going under again. He was in, you know, sort of boots and a jack and a, quite a heavy um, jersey and stuff like that. And a South African chap, actually, um, with a young family. And I've got a lovely picture somewhere of him and his family um, because the crew managed to, you know, they saved his life that day. Yeah. But... You know, that's a typical example of of what volunteers do for Coast Guard, or Coast Guard volunteers do. They get up and they go out and they do the job. 
They also do a risk assessment before they go out each time that looks at what are the conditions out there, what are we looking for, is it safe for us to go out. When that um, charter boat went missing off the top of the North Island a few weeks ago, the weather was so horrendous that um, the crew rang and asked one of the key supervisors um, you know, to go through the risk assessment with them and in the end it was decided that it was far too dangerous for them to go out. And it was the right call. Um, the helicopters wouldn't even go out. It was too, it was too dangerous. The, so we, you know, we're not going to put our volunteers, when we don't want to lose a crew. There's no point in somebody dying when maybe somebody else has already drowned. So you have to take into account what's the likelihood of the person still being alive um, and if, the, if we think there's a good chance of them still being alive, then, then that pushes up the, the threshold of when we'll say, no, we can't go. Um, but in that particular instance, they had to say no. And I'm really pleased about that, because since I joined Coast Guard in 2008, I've often thought what we have to do is give permission for people to say, no, I can't go, because it's easy for them to go and to say, because all of them want to go. They all want to go out and save lives. They all want to go out and help people. That's what they do it for. But sometimes it's not advisable for them to do that. So we need to make it possible for them to say, no, we just can't in this instant. Anyway, um, so I hope that's given you a sort of a, an idea, a bit more of an idea about Coast Guard and you've got to meet some of our lovely volunteers. Well, it's lovely to meet you all. Thank you all for coming in. I know that, you know, at the moment it's a bit of a challenge to go out and about and do stuff. So um, I do appreciate your interest. You've been listening to Cheryl Moffat, the Coast Guard New Zealand Regional Manager for the Southern District, speaking recently at the Canterbury Workers' Education Association.